Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Finger Guns podcast, episode 242. My name's Josh, and I'll be your host for this very... Uh, um, uh, hey, man. Oh, hi, Ross. Uh, what's, uh, what are you doing? Well, it's, uh, it's Monday night, and we record the podcast on the Monday night, so I thought I'd host. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm back now. So, so, well, you're, you're kind of you're kind of sitting in my chair. Wait, I thought I was hosting tonight. Stay out of jog dog. Um, yeah, of course. Go right ahead. Sorry, sorry, Ross. No, I mean the last. You know, you were great the last episode, especially the one where you talked to yourself for half an hour. That was compelling. It's just you know, it's kind of my gig. So, will we cool? Yeah, go ahead. All right. Well, you know, what, what if we, you know, co-host? Yeah. Seeing as, uh, you know, I've started it now and I've, I've tried to go just intro it as well. Like, uh, we could no. just cut around it. No, I'm, I'm not into that. Okay. All right. Because uh, uh, I'm the host, you know, I started this podcast. <laughs> uh, it's literally all I have. <clears throat> look, look, if you don't mind, I'm just going to host this one. That's uh, that's cool. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's right. fine. We'll, we'll, yeah. Maybe next week. Some... Maybe next week. You never know. What might happen? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Cue the music. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 242 of the Finger Guns Podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? Oh, it's good to be back. Give you all a big hug. All right, joining me on this adventure, as ever, is the mighty Josh Thompson. Hello, I am not on post. I am not on podcasting hosting duties, and I'm thankful for it because look at me slurring over my words every single sentence. Well, I want to say a big thank you to you, man. You did a cracking job, and uh, I really am appreciative of you taking over for the last couple of weeks. Thank you. Uh, no, it was fun to kind of learn the process a little bit. Um, you know, you're more than just the voice of the podcast. You do the thumbnail, you do the posts on the actual website and uploading it to Acast, so, you know, and editing it, of course. So, um, yeah, it was cool to, to, you know, just a little another a quiver in my hat that I can say, do you know what? Tried it. I can um can say, you know, if you do, you know, go away for a week again, we're all good. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm glad that someone else now has the uh the skills and the knowledge to upload the podcast should it should it need uh uploading. And, That's uh, just straight up looked at us like, hello, uh post this <laughs> with the most this here. I was like, yeah, you're a great host, Cat, and you can do the hosting, but I can do everything else surrounding it because there's so much more to it. Uh, well, we should probably go to Cat then. Hello, Cat. Hello. Hello. How's it going? 
uh fine is everything okay yeah no fine it was just it was just the bit that i heard earlier where josh was like don't worry ross don't worry if you if you have a week off we've got it we we've got it like you know like like no one has ever hosted the podcast other than josh (laughs) i think everyone on this pod has hosted at least once we should uh take that into account i suppose we should, yeah. Yeah, and you've all, you've always had a cracking job. Amazing. Thank you. To speaking in past tense, like I've been sacked. I didn't want to mention it today, but what can we talk about it later? <laughs> <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. Funny. They'll, be, they'll come crawling back. Don't worry, Ross. You always do, babe. They come crawling <laughs> back to me. Da, 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 da. Are you all right otherwise? Otherwise, yes. you're losing your job finger guns. How are you? Oh, well, when I'm sad, really sad, I'll lock myself in the bathroom and cry about it. Oh, damn. Um, yeah, because I can still do that, you know. I can do whatever I like as an adult. I could I could go in there with a cake and a fork, you know, it's, just cry. So cool. Yeah, how would that feel? That'd feel really sad, wouldn't it? I'd feel, I'd feel I sad for you. Yeah, I, I actually feel embarrassed for me. So don't fire me, because that's just really embarrassing as an image. Um, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm a bit chesty. I've still got this four-week headache, whatever the fuck that is. Uh, but we're good. We're good. We're able to play games. We're able to speak with pals. We're able to, you know, tell a few jokes, live, laugh, love, dance like no one's watching. Indeed. Indeed. I'm uh, I'm glad you're, you're feeling you better, kind of, maybe. Thank you. How was your hollybobs? It was real good, thanks. Was it? It was good. real good. Turns out when you're on holiday... Are you tan? You don't, not really, no. It wasn't very sunny. Oh, um, but well, it was it was thirty one on the last day, the day that I was flying home. But are you taking the That's typical, unbelievable, unbelievable. Typical. And it rained, rained a lot. It was sunny, but it wasn't hot, you know. Oh, but still, but, you were away. That sounds nice. Yeah, I was. You know, I was seeing my family, and so that's what matters, really. Um, Mr. Miles Thompson. Hello there, dear Roscoe. Hello there. Oh, that felt good. Oh, that felt oh. so good. It's back. It's back. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, thank you. I'm actually like weirdly tired today. I think I've been spreading too much democracy and liberty across uh, Super Earth Galaxy. Yeah, and, I've been uh, spreading all your democracy all over them alien could, holes. Could, could you have made that sound any worse if you tried? It <laughs> <laughs> wasn't my intention. Admit, I did try. You know, bug juice is flying everywhere. Dear God. Um, yeah, uh, but otherwise, I'm very good, thank you. I'm glad to hear you had a nice time on your holly. On your holly. <laughs> Your holiday, there we go, on your holiday. Uh, and yes. it's nice to have you back again. Thank you very much indeed. Um, yeah, it's it's I've been excited for this. It's, I've always looked forward to the pod, so it's been nice to nice to come back to it, even though I had to fight for my place, but it's fine. And I'm I'm still in deep suspense about what you have to share with us today. Oh yeah. I'm oh, in yeah. I'm I've been in suspense the entire day. You have no idea how much I'm ready for this. Have you really thought about it that much? Yeah. Wow. I'm ready. Wow. You just had to remind me of it. I did. <laughs> <laughs> and I wasn't going to forget. Fair enough. And returning to the pod after a little hiatus, but much longer than mine, it's a young dog. Hello. Hello, sir. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. Absolute pleasure. How on earth are you? I'm pretty well, thank you. It's uh, it's good to be back here and just, you know, shoot the shit about games and stuff. Let's see how it goes. Indeed, that's what we do best. Well, that's what we do. No, I'd say that's what we do best. I'd say this is the best thing all of us will ever do. 
Is that a bit much? Maybe that's a bit much. No, I think it's just fine. We can rock. rock. Uh, that's fine by me. That's fine by me. Um, all right, then. Uh, we've got a lot to get through tonight, so we're going to crack on with our game of the week. Keep it short and snappy with one sentence. No, just talk as much as you like. We're going from the top. Mr. Josh Thompson, your game of the week. Um, Not that I can talk about for now, apart from Helldivers 2, because hell, yeah. Oh um, yeah. When I've when I've not been playing that, uh, when I've not been playing review stuff, that is what I've been playing with Miles and yourself last night as well, uh, which was a pleasure. Um, also played with Sean over the weekend, and that's always a laugh. Um, we were somehow just constantly throwing all of our stratagems at each other um, and killing each other and laughing our heads off over it. Um, yeah, um, you already kind of know what what Helldivers is to everyone that has listened last week. Miles went into depth and he's put out a, a great review for it. Um, but yeah, I'm just having a blast kind of co-op shooting aliens and robots uh, and chaos. Yeah. Um, I haven't played a lot of it, but I played with Josh and Miles last night, as you said, and uh, we had a, we had a lot of fun. It's, it's absolutely bonkers, but in kind of the best way. And uh, I'm glad it's doing numbers and being very successful because, uh, yeah, it deserves it. It's getting like I, I just think I read somewhere today that it's selling more week on week, like like as the kind of word of mouth gets around, people are buying this thing. Yeah, and, uh, I think uh, UK game sales. It said it um, second week and it sold more than its first week, and that's kind of apparently something that never usually happens. Mm. Awesome, it's crazy. Cat, what is your game of the week? Uh, my game of the week is plentiful. I've dived into a couple. I had a friend stay over Friday and she had never, we were just like scratching our heads for what to play. And we did a, like a, a randomizer. We went through like the quarry and, you know, Little Hope and we like tried to like include all of them, include all the Legos. And actually what we landed on was uh, Detroit Become Human. Now I, as you know, have played this many a times. Uh, platinumed it. I've gone through the bug of it. Had to like redo it like seven times in the same place. Um, but she'd never played it and she'd, she'd heard of it. She'd seen it, but she'd never kind of played it before. And we played like a good probably like everybody's intro story um, and a little bit more. And she absolutely loved it, but she's an Xbox player. And unfortunately, it's not on Game Pass. So she's it's absolutely not. devastated. No, I didn't know this. I thought it was. Um, but it just reminded me of what a fucking good game it is and how I kind of wished for a sequel before Miles flattened me with David Cage doesn't do sequels, Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, Detroit Become Human, none of them have ever got sequels. Now he's working on the Star Wars one. That won't get a sequel. All right, <laughs> it should get a sequel, I'm just saying. Because <laughs> it is a fantastic game, fantastically acted. I mean, even... I mean, I I didn't realise it was still so recent, 2018. I thought it was much earlier still. Um, but it really holds up still very, very well. And yeah, just, just still still top five for me. Top five ever? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh... Five ever. Yeah. Um, 
They, if not top 10, I'm maybe I'm going to rejig that, but definitely top 10. Um, it's just so great to see what someone else would do when they've never seen it. It kind of felt like playing a game. Like, you know, when people do that thing on Twitter, where they're like, if you could play a game for the first time ever, what game would you play? It was kind of like doing that with somebody else because she was just like moving through, like, oh my God, what do I pick? What do I do? Oh my God. You know, what does that person do? Oh my God, no, I'm going to tell him to fuck himself. And then she pours Hank's drink on the floor and I'm like, well, you've pissed him off. Um, (laughs) So, um, yeah, it was really fun. So that's my game of the week. I'm glad someone can still have fun with Detroit Become Human. (laughs) You were not a fan, were you? No. Oh, it's so sad. I love it. I find it and I then, find it egregious. Oh well, I don't. I really like it. <laughs> Good, I do um, like it. And uh, also as well, it reminds me of the Let's Plays. Like you know the Let's Plays when you watch it, it kind of did that for me. I just love watching other people play games too. So yeah, that's cool. no, absolutely. That's the, the joy of things like Detroit is people can just like decide a ton of different things and you see how things play out in a way that you may not have done it yourself. And so, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I'm Connor, Thank the you android, for being so by Cyberlife. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. I'm so glad you can be so diplomatic about it. Thank you, Roscoe. <laughs> You're very welcome. You're very welcome. <laughs> and to say that David Cage doesn't make sequels, every single game he makes is a sequel. It's just got a different name and a different story. Basically the same fucking thing three times over. Miles, hey. what's your game of the week? <laughs> <laughs> I really want to say Detroit Become Human as well. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I do actually really like that game as well, though. Um, my game of the week is Terminator Dark Fate Defiance. Uh, it's another nerd game for your Roscoe, which I greatly appreciate you having got me a code for. It was very nice. Yeah, but it's Terminator in it, so I can't really like Terminator rocks. So. Oh, it just does, doesn't it? Well, the original two movies rock. The the rest is a little bit dubious, but the first two movies are sensational. Um, and Terminator 2 is one of the best movies ever made, and I will die on that hill. Um, so this one's set after the 2019 movie, um, which I've actually not watched myself, given that I watched Terminator Genesis and wanted to gouge, gouge my eyes out. Um, so it's basically kind of like an alternate timeline, uh, which follows on directly from Terminator 2. Um, so you fight Legion instead of Sky, but it's effectively kind of the same thing. Um and it's an RTS, so you have to manage your squads and your troops. You have to make sure they've got stocked up on ammunition, that they've got supplies. Um, and it's very li- kind of realistic uh, military sim type in that, for example, you'll have like heavy weapons that you can bring into a battle, um, but you have to have vehicles to be able to move them around to get them to places. Um, if your units run out of ammunition, they just cannot do anything. They will just get killed. Um, there's buildings in which there's like a whole cover system attached to. So buildings have layers. They also have like degradation levels. Um, so the stronger the building you're in, obviously the more damage it can take. Um, and it's very much a case of if your troops are out in the open and you get caught by a load of Terminators, you're fucked. Like that mission is done. Like you're finished. Um, so there's a real kind of challenge aspect to it. Um, I think what impressed me most is the campaign's mission setup is great. Um, it's quite like varied in terms of what you'll have to do across each mission there's no kind of base building it's very much here's your troops that you continue through missions if you lose squads they're gone for good including hero units which i discovered after the first mission and everyone was gone and i had like four squads left and i was like oh i've got to do the campaign with no one this is fun um so it's very intense it's very tactical it does have problems though the pathfinding is abysmal uh like units will just get stuck in walls for literally no reason which is not helpful um and some of the missions are just flat out kind of unfair you're like have to like 
grudgingly battle your way through like three quarters of a mission and at the end of the game's like oh yeah now a bunch of reinforcements turn up right behind you and then they just slaughter all of your army and you're like okay well how was i supposed to prepare for that um so i think it does need some tuning and it does need some balancing to address the issues and i think for people who are fans of multiplayer and skirmish it's pretty skimpy there's like four or five maps and they're very small and they're very artillery artillery dominated um where basically you just set up your artillery units and they can hit anywhere on the map which makes it a bit kind of uninteresting it kind of um prevents more tactical play so i feel like it needs a bit of fleshing out a bit of fine tuning but the actual core of the game is very good it's got this really cool militaristic kind of feel to it um and it fits the universe of terminator just superbly well um the idea to you know manage your units and they're all so fragile and they could be lost at any moment if you're stupid um, I think that really fits with the whole war futuristic aspect that was always shown in the movies. Um, so it feels like wish fulfillment. I just wish the levels were a bit more balanced to make it more enjoyable to play because having to save scum to get through the end of a level is not enjoyable. Um, and it did wear my patience very thin by the end. But yeah, the actual crux of what you're doing is great. And uh, I do recommend it. Just be aware that it's not the most balanced game at present. That doesn't sound like you're fighting for freedom or democracy at all. I know. I literally swapped over to Helldivers. I was like, fuck yeah, it's called in the airstrikes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice. And I can say Dark Fate, the film, of all the terrible ones, that's the least terrible one, I think. So are we talking like the bar is so low that it is still a bad movie, but it's just less shit than the others? Or are we talking like it's decent? It's bad, but it's like... The third Transformer movie kind of bad. It's watchable. But it's still okay. dumb, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure I can do it. I just, I love Terminator 2 too much to ruin it any further. Sarah Connor definitely elevates it. I will say that. That's, I mean, that's Linda Hamilton, sure. Linda Hamilton improves anything that she's in. She's just a boss. Quite. Quite. Uh, Yog, what's your game of the week, sir? This is a tough one because both my games of the week have been mentioned now. Um... <laughs> Because I've been enjoying a bit of Helldivers 2 and I've nice. been loving Terminator. So um, I think I think my game of the week is going to have to be my favourite game of all time, which is Battle Brothers, uh, which is a uh, strategy. Well, you run a mercenary company, a low fantasy medieval setting. Um, so you need to outfit your troops. You need to choose what skills they gain over time as they gain experience in combat need to both purchase and uh, loot equipment uh, from either shops or from any enemies you've beaten. It's just an absolutely stellar game. If you like uh, turn-based strategy games, well, the the battles are turn-based, the actual campaign maps real-time. But if you like uh, the sound of it at all, I wholly implore you to check it out. It is possible. I mean, it's 100% my favourite game of all time. And I don't say that lightly. There's quite a few series I've really enjoyed over the years. But this one just kind of speaks to me in a way that no other strategy game has before or since. So um, I, I, I'm i going to have to recommend that because <laughs> I've been playing it again recently. I have almost 2,000 hours just playing Battle Brothers. So um, I think it's fair to say that uh, you'll get plenty of playtime out of it if you enjoy it. All right. That's Battle Brothers. Nice one. 
I know, I know, I've heard you mention it before, and so it is on my Steam wish list. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it is. I don't know if I'll enjoy it, but I, you love it that much. I'm that intrigued. So, I am extremely passionate about it, and mm-hmm. Overhype Studios, the developers of the game, are releasing another game probably this year. I think the release date on Steam is this year, but you know, with delays and stuff, it could be next year. Uh, called Menace, which takes it to sort of a sci-fi setting. So um, it looks a bit more XCOM-like, but I'm very excited to see what that's like as well. That's uh, possibly my most anticipated game of all time. Man, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> that's so awesome. So... Uh, right, what's my game of the week? Well, here we go. My game of the week. Now, Mike, uh, I've been away and I came home and my flat is currently being renovated. Um, I'm getting a new bathroom, which uh, is very kind of my landlord. Uh, but what it means is I'm not living at home right now, so I don't have immediate access to my PS5 or to my Xbox. I've been remote playing both of them on my phone for the past few days, um, which was a hell of an experience playing Helldivers, I'll tell you that much. Um, but what it has done, I've got my laptop with me, obviously, because I'm recording this podcast. And so I've been delving into my PC gaming, and something appeared on my Xbox app that I wanted to try and I have not looked back since. And it's something that I never, ever thought I would be that interested in. But my God, have I been playing the shit out of it this week. And that, my friends, is Minecraft. Oh, I thought you were going to say Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. No, I love that game. I do too, which okay. is why I get to mention Officer Tenpenny. Oh, there it is. <laughs> we haven't even gone to the news. <laughs> Thanks for stomping all over my cool reveal there, Yog Dog. Jeez. You're very welcome. Oh, did, did did you miss me? No. Yes, I did. Of course I did. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I've been playing Minecraft. Now, I don't know where this came from, but I saw a trailer for the Universal Studios experience that they had built in Minecraft. Some Minecraft wizard genius people have recreated the entirety of Universal Studios in Minecraft, and not only can you go to Universal Studios, walk around, meet all of the characters, you can go on all the fucking rides. They have rebuilt all of the rides. You can go on there, you can just sit there, enjoy the rides, you can come off, you can go to the merch store, you can buy merch, you can eat all the food, you can just walk around with Shrek and Donkey and Puss and Boots. It's bloody awesome. And I cannot stop exploring this place. I've I've already gone, like, 50 or 60% into the other studio. There's still so much more I need to do. I haven't done the Back to the Future ride. I haven't done the Kong ride. There's still things that I need to explore, but this thing is genius. And what I did find out through this is that there's a Walt Disney experience as well. There's a Doctor Who experience. There's all these things that I know that I would love built into Minecraft, and I had absolutely no idea that they were there because I've never, ever paid any attention to it. And so I went down a bit of a rabbit hole. And now my laptop is full of all of these Minecraft experiences and things that I never thought I would play before. And here I am just exploring Universal Studios with my ET t-shirt on and my retro Universal Studios hat. And I'm having a great time. And I think it shows, you know, the the kind of infinite possibilities of Minecraft that you can build things like this. And not only build like the actual studios, but build rides, like actual rides that you can go on and you can experience. And they built the whole thing from inside the game and it's just it's unreal it's unbelievable and um i'm blown away every time i find a new world and 
uh yeah i just can't stop can't stop won't stop i'm well into minecraft now <laughs> not the sort of building great inside but i like going around these pre-built worlds and discovering them they're absolutely amazing um of all so... of all the games i was expecting this was the bottom of my bingo card i am shooketh <laughs> i told you man i told you it was out there I'm impressed. I mean, you really got me. I didn't know what it could be, but you definitely got me hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, um, I can't. I can't stop. And now I've remote installed it to my PS5, and I'm gonna probably be carrying on playing it. I don't know if there's cross um, cross progression. There probably isn't, but um, I'm gonna have to have a look at that. But my God, Minecraft rules, man! Minecraft totally rules. <clears throat> anyway. That's that. Let's get to the quiz. I'm assuming it's a normal quiz, 10 questions, and we're out, right? Miles, because why would you do anything else on an audio medium? That would be crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I may need access. Uh, not for any particular reason, just... Um, oh, yeah. no, 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 not for any reason. No, no, no nothing in particular. Uh, we're definitely not going to be doing a picture-formatted uh, quiz on the basis of an audio podcast, of which, if we were to do that, I'm sure we would get very good feedback every week about it. I'm so fucking furious to people know this idea. <laughs> Still going, baby. Um, what, is this one number five now? Is this number, uh, number four? Five, six? Seven, eight. I mean, yeah, it's, uh, it's going. And I want to do a big shout out to Kat for winning last week. Yes, she did actually win last week. Let's not uh, forget that momentous occasion. Thank you, thank you. Did smashed it. Uh, do you have permission? I think I've sent over. It's yeah. only momentous because I finally knocked Josh off the top spot. I'm still the top spot, baby. In your own head, yeah. I still I have the first. I still have the first two wins. I believe I'm at the top, actually. Oh, top bottom. I don't care. <laughs> Josh isn't picky. <laughs> Sounds like me in Cyprus. <laughs> exactly. Ooh. Oh, okay. Piers Morgan again, for oh, goodness God, sake, Miles. Listen, 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 right? He's Why is he Arsenal. shagging a football? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. I just took a swig of my drink, as you said. <laughs> um, mm, think of that whilst shag- playing football. What is Thank- what is Ben End Divers 2? <laughs> it is what everybody needs to experience in their life. There are so Damn. many stra- there are so many stratagems involved. Freedom right. for democracy and for bum sex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have said ball divers. That would have been better. Never mind. I mean, ball divers would have been pretty good to be yeah. fair, but I think it worked as it was. In bum fairness. divers, bum divers. <laughs> wow! Those oh, little yeah. pods coming from the ship. Do 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 do. <laughs> Flat bang into the bug hole. Terminator's Dark first, Fate. Oh dear. I've like recently recommended this podcast, and this will be the probably the first podcast I listen to. And it's literally hey. three men about <laughs> laughing about ball diving. I mean, it is pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, I just need to pull up the chat and I need to pull up you guys so that I can see who puts the hand up first. Uh, uh, so... Have you done a picture quiz yet? I don't, I don't think you have it yet. This is first. No, I have no idea what we're doing here. Oh, it's yeah. joyous, Yog. Just raise your hand and say the game when you see it. Yeah. 
basically i'm going to show 10 screenshots in a row for each one you'll just throw your hands up if you know it or just throw it up if you don't have a guess anyway uh first person with the hands up gets to go first and if you get it right you get a point and then at the end hopefully we have a winner and i don't have to do a tiebreaker because i don't prepare an 11th one <laughs> wow no preparation are, are we ready yep yep yes Roscoe, your enthusiasm, it just swells a bit. Uh, anyway, three, two, one, go! Oh, I need to zoom out a little bit for this one. Oh, I'm going to be very sad if I, if I didn't show up first. Here. I'm afraid Roscoe beat you by a millisecond to that one. I have absolutely no idea what this is. Um, uh, Mag? It is not Mag. I have got such a punt for this. I'm afraid, Josh, you put your hand down, which means that Yog is now second. Now, the yep. question is, is it the first or the second one? This is what Miles does. He really fucks you over with the first or the second one. Actually <laughs> oh. the 50th one. This one, this one is the giveaway by which one it is. You should know which one it is. Uh, I think it's Titanfall 2. It is Titanfall 2. Well oh done, Yog. Oh, God, of course it's Titanfall. Damn. Oh, I don't know. I was like, you definitely do. And I was like, I can't uh, say it. I can't you know what I was going to say? say I was going to say Killzone Liberation. <laughs> what, again? <laughs> yeah. Wait. Again. I think this is uh, from the first mission where the like grizzled pilot you're with die ends up dying, the first pilot. It is. Uh, and then you take over the, the mech afterwards, so... It is indeed. Good knowledge. Um, and I will put Killzone Liberation in here one day, Josh, but uh, not yet. <laughs> Shadowfall, I meant. Sorry. The PS4 <laughs> launch title. Oh, that's right? actually not a bad shout. They do actually look similar. Yeah. Yeah. So, Yog Dog is now in the lead with one point. I just <laughs> want to say, I don't care if I don't get another one at all. I'm very happy <laughs> just to get that one. You've got your point. That's all that matters. Yep. All right, number two. Three, two, one, go! Oh, Josh, you were in there first. Power World. It is Power World. Good job. Arg. Okay, number three. Go. Josh. Is it Devil May Cry 4? It is Devil May Cry 4. Well done. You were a bit uncertain on that one. <laughs> yeah, because I was just like, I knew it was Devil May Cry, but yeah, there's a I'm, uh, I'm serious bias. <laughs> I thought that we were banning like the particular game. You we did last week. Was, you, less, you said unless it was obvious, so I've made them more obvious as to which one it is. Like the Call of Duty one was in fairness very yeah. bullshitty, so I've removed this, the bullshitty ones. This crowd of enemies, it actually shows the number four on it if you look closely. <laughs> Go away, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> there's also a watermark of the company in the corner. Uh, it's not. Um, anyway, number four, go. Oh, Josh, just ahead. Near Automata. It is near Automata. Well done. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Uh, number five, go. Oh. Oh, oh Yog. No. Fuck. Oh, fuck. What's the name? It's uh, Lost Planet. Oh. Lost. Oh, okay. three. I can tell you it is not Lost Planet 3, I'm afraid. Um, I have no idea, Ren. Josh was the next one in line oh, for this one. Oh, come on, of course. So, yeah, he was second. Whatever. I'll let, the, I'll let this ruminate, shall we? 
No. Uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. It's not no. Shadow of no, the Tomb not. Raider. No, it's not. It's not Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Oh. Roscoe, you have a third. <laughs> I'm sorry, he was. Oh, yes, I know which one it is. Oh, my uh, It is Rise of the Tomb Raider. It is Rise of the Tomb Raider, Roscoe. Well done. I'm sorry, Cat. Sorry, Cat. You were okay. literally out by like a nanosecond. <laughs> I can hear the rage. Uh, anyway, number six. Roscoe. Bully. It is bully. Say so the well, French kind of edit. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm accepting bully as an answer. Uh, number seven. Oh, Kat, you're first. Uh, that's Crash. Do I have to say the specific one? Can I, can I just have the full name, please? It's Crash Bandicoot. It is Crash Bandicoot. Thank you. Okay, fine. Well done. Uh, number eight. Wait, I didn't put my thing down. It's fine. I don't know anyway. Fuck. Oh, man. I didn't put my hand down until... Oh, fuck. So, did all three of you not put your hand down? Yeah. No, no mine was down. I put mine up. Mine was down. I put mine up. Mine's now up again. Mine was down. I put mine up. So, I saw Roscoe's first. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it was. I was just hoping I'd figure it out along the I way. I actually do know what this is now. <laughs> yeah, I do too. Okay, well, it was Josh after Roscoe. This is Cat's favourite game. <laughs> Gate 3. You get a bonus point for saying it's Cat's favourite game as well. That this is a really weird angle for, for this game. Yeah. This must be like PR because I didn't get this until the back of Asterion's head. I yeah, was like, that looks like Asterion. Yeah. yeah that's that was literally the, the only reason I knew it. I didn't want it to be too obvious, so I decided to pick a little bit of a harder one. But yes, it is from the press kit. You are correct. And wow. number nine. Wait. Wait, can I put my hand back up then? Because Sure. Go on, Cap. It's prison architect. It is prison architect. Well done. Well, what the hell just happened? Well, yeah, that sounded like just a straight up override from the competition. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you surprised as well? No, because not it, surprised. No, 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 no. Not no, you, it's, Ross. It's, like, no, 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 not Ross, sorry. Not Ross, Miles. Ross, like, it is prison architect. Like, like, it's not Tomb Raider, I don't know the answer. No, I genuinely <laughs> didn't expect anyone to get this. I didn't even know anyone I was going to say prison architect. I reviewed it. Yeah. I didn't too. know if anyone had played it. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Bias. Gah. To yourself. Anyway, number 10. Oh. Cat, you're just ahead of Yog. That's Papers, Please. It is Papers, Please. Well done. Papers, Please. Papers, please. please. <laughs> Which brings us to our final results. We do have a winner. Do we know who the winner is? Josh. It is Josh with four <sighs> points. I'm afraid it's Josh. Cat finished on three. Roscoe, well you finished on two. And well Yog Dog, you got your one point that you wanted. Well Sad. Done, if I would, my um, my laptop mouse is like really, really slippy, so it always like jogs or like chugs a little bit before I click, and um, it did that on Tomb Raider, and I was really sad about that. So oh, that was unfortunate. The Tomb Raider one. That was unfortunate. It was. Damn. Oh well, all good. Right. Well done, Miles. That was a good quiz. That was a good quiz. That wasn't um biased at all. It <laughs> spread. It's like I mean, charcuterie just, of I... games. I mean, they're all pretty much biased because Josh always wins them. So, um, 
but I will yeah, say so I, I did try to, to make it more of a mix this brilliant. week. <laughs> I don't want to talk uh, shit about last week's quiz because I know that Cat won it fair and square, and I respect that. But oh, I no. would have failed miserably at that quiz last week. There we go. Really? There we fucking go. They Cat's were, they were so very... fucking leaning. Hey, I preempted <laughs> it with a thing that said I respect fully that Cat won the quiz, and I think it's awesome. But yeah, Miles knew that it was just us two in mind, so he yes. really went for our games. I went for the. Mm. I knew it was Cat and Josh, so I uh, slightly. Went. Although Lindsay got four points on last week's quiz, which is her highest total. Did well done, now? Lindsay. You're well the real winner. Yeah. So you are, yeah, you are MVP. So Cat and Lindsay were winners last week. She won't ever be. Get on, go power. Woo! That's amazing. Anyway, yeah. I'll go back to my usual bullshit next week where I just give you screenshots for games which have like 20 entries in them. They're all going to be like Final <laughs> Fantasy. Oh, you need like, yeah, I was about to say like Trousers of Azure and like, um, <laughs> what's that other one that Toby loves? The Switch ones. Oh, God, oh the Octopath Traveler ones or, or the Xenoblade? No, Xenoblade Chronicles, yeah, that, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Real... How, much, how much have I got a bribe in order to get a couple of strategy games in there? Uh, not very much, to be fair. If uh, if you confirm to me that you're coming, I'll throw in a couple of strategy games. Just to, I, can, uh... I can confirm that I will attend next week's. Excellent. I'll throw a couple into the mix just to spice things up. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Miles. That's all right. Hope it was all right. It was something. It was, sure <laughs> it was, was something. a quiz. Sure, it was something. <laughs> Thanks, um, Miles. Uh... All right, That's let's all right. get let's get into the news. Um, there was a lot of it, so yeah, we may power through it. Uh, but yes, uh, some big stuff coming from Warner Brothers saying that game Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, shocking nobody, has fallen short of expectations. Following several delays, Rocksteady's game was released this month to mixed reviews. This is posted by Tom Ivan over at VGC. He says Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has fallen short of Warner Brothers Discovery's expectations. Following a number of delays, the game was released in February 2nd, with a further delay Epic Games Store release planned for March the 5th. Chief of Financial Officer Gunnar Weidenfels, that's a great name, provided a brief update on the game's early performance during a Warner Brothers fourth quarter earnings call on Friday. Quote, we are lapping the release of Hogwarts Legacy in February last year, which saw the largest portion of its very positive financial impact in the first quarter. This year, Suicide Squad, one of our key video game releases, has fallen short of our expectations since its release earlier in the quarter, setting our games business up for a tough year, for a tough year-over-year in Q1. The counterbalance of this, of course, is that Hogwarts Legacy was the biggest-selling game of 2023. Suicide Squad is looking like it probably isn't going to be. Even the Rock City have confirmed that all upcoming content will be free in the seasonal content and will be themed around different DC characters, starting with the Joker in March. So then... um. Let's start with Miles. He's going to go, I told you so. I told you so. You motherfuckers. I told you so. Yeah, I kind of did, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not going to be that dickhead. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm I, not surprised. I feel like a lot of the community, especially with games having gone to £70 or $70, wherever you are, um, I feel like people are doing a bit more research and are wising up a bit more to what kind of games they want to spend big money on. And I think with Suicide Squad, it's delays really hindered it. I think everything pre-release wasn't particularly positive. And from my own personal perspective, it wasn't so much. I love Rocksteady as a developer. And I think Josh nailed 
you know the part of his review about the game itself built by rocksteady is very good and it's been suffocated by the publishing arm of wanting to make it a live service um this is not a game i don't think that was ever meant to be a live service but was turned into one thanks to warner brothers kind of interfering with it a little bit um and I think the sales are just kind of reflecting a lot of the negative press that happened beforehand. Um, I'm not going to press the point. We've spoken about it loads before, but I think publishers and developers need to have a proper think about you can't just keep making every game a live service and expecting them all to do mega success every single time. If your developers that you have are good at a certain thing, let them build the games that they're good at making. Stop forcing them to make games that they're not good at making. Crystal Dynamics made an awesome tomb raider trilogy why are you making them make a live service in avengers same thing with this um so it is a shame because i love rocksteady as a studio and i think there are parts of this game that would have been very good i knew for myself it was not a game that i was interested in and i would not enjoy and i think the scope of having just played helldivers for 35 to you know 35 to 40 hours in the last couple of weeks or so um shows what can be done with a good live service model with the proper backing and with a studio that knows how to make it properly um and people buy into it when it's well made and it's a good product and it's sold as it's meant to be um so yeah it's a shame for it i don't really see it recovering from here and i think it will be one of those that in six months to a year and a half's time we'll be seeing it the oh it's being disconnected and it's going offline thanks bye damn Scathing indictment on Suicide Squad there by Miles Thompson. Yeah, I mean that was that was quite nice compared to my previous. It was. Takes it on was. It. To yeah, I I think I've mellowed towards it just simply on the basis of I feel a bit sorry for Rocksteady to be honest. Um, yeah. But yeah, not as bad as I normally am. Indeed. Um, Josh, I know you reviewed the game. Um, I mean, I've played the game a lot, and I think there there is something. It does have something. There is a good game in there. Do you think it? Like Miles said, it's been it's been overshadowed by the live serviceness of it all and the um i guess the the kind of wanting for it to be successful in that regard rather than just making a solid 25 to 30 hour game that we're used to from rocksteady um yeah i guess so uh, i think when uh, big companies say that games fall under the expectations i think we've got to kind of not temper our expectations, but kind of try and realize what their expectations are. What did Warner Brothers want to make out of this? How many copies did they really want to sell? Um, and being a live service and having really bad feedback prior to the release probably kneecapped a good chunk of that audience because word gets around, even people that aren't necessarily in the space that we are in and, and listen to people talk about games uh, before release in an in-depth manner and kind of learn about what games are going to be like. Um, I think it, it, it stretched that point where it just got that infamous in terms of its life cycle that it was doomed to fail because of everything pre-launch. Um, and I also think that with the development time on it being much longer than I think they anticipated, um, more so with the delays that happened because of feedback or how it panned out, maybe even just kind of showing it off too early, just did itself another disservice. Uh, so I guess when when they sort of look at time spent making the game, 
to then units sold by the end of it, the longer you are making it for, the less of a success it's going to be. Uh, and I think Skull and Bones is kind of sitting in this sort of example as well, where Skull and Bones was took so long to make that they really are going to struggle to see it as something worthwhile. Um, but what Ubisoft do is um, they cultivate their audiences with the games that they have. They might not sell spectacularly, but somehow there's still games that are going on for years at this point. You know, I think Rainbow Six Siege is still doing well. It's alive and kicking. I think it's even got another season coming out in like the next month or so. Uh, Riders Republic is still regularly getting updated for new sports and stuff like that. Um, but these are things that they're charging post-launch uh, with Suicide Squad. I don't know what the monetization tactic is outside of the Lex Luthor coins that you can get to buy skins, which is ridiculous. Um, I know that they're probably really saving face by saying all oh, post-launch content will be free, but that's going to devastate the audience. And I don't even know if that will come to fruition with their with their plans in, ahead with the rest of the seasons. I don't even know if they'll get there or finish it, kind of like an Anthem deal where they have like a, a roadmap. I don't think they're even going to be able to make it because the amount of players and the amount of money they're probably spending to keep it going is negligible to the only monetization practice they've got in the game. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a bad state. And, you know, like Miles said about my review, like uh, anything that was rock steady was fantastic. And I think you agree as well that the story and the gameplay itself is incredible. I just think the the bones of the game are rotten. Yeah, that is the biggest issue I have with the game is that it is good. Um, and yeah. It's funny and it's entertaining. Um, and there is something there. It's just been crushed under its own weight. And it's such yeah. a shame because Rocksteady clearly had a vision. You can see it all over this thing. It's just been hugely compromised. And that's, um, yeah, it's cutting. It really is. Yeah. Um, Kat, where do you see the future? Would you like to see Rocksteady to go back to like the Arkham kind of games where there's just a straight up single player? Do you think that that's, well, that's where they, that's where they thrive, one would, one, one would say? I would argue yes, just because, you know, <clears throat> I think we all have a lot of love for Rocksteady because of the Arkham games. I think the Arkham games are a a game of just classic, aren't they? Like, they still sell really, really well today. They're bundled really well all the time. They're on sale all the time. Um, and people are still playing them for the first time, like, this year. And I think that's really cool. I do think they are done extraordinarily well. I think there's something about, and I think I've said this a million times and I harp on about it, but I think like, and Sean actually kind of mentioned this earlier in the Slack about like the risk taking that the companies do or won't do now. And I think that Rocksteady took a risk and I don't necessarily think it was a bad risk, but there's so much weight on a game selling for Rocksteady to continue or for any game developer to continue that kind of risk taking, which is a shame because then it disallows a company 
to learn from what went wrong or what could be better next time. So should this, um, you know, should Warner Brothers continue to be like, oh, this, this didn't go very well, oh my God. You know, for any game that does a different risk or steers away from their original franchise, they're, they're not going to be able to take those, they're going to only be able to take that risk once. And that's a shame because I think that when we do have sequels and when we do have like next editions, you know, there's four Arkham games, three Arkham games, four, I don't know. Uh, there's three, three made by Rocksteady, yeah. Yes, there's three made by Rocksteady and then there's Arkham Knight, isn't there? Um, Arkham Origins. But that's it, that's the one, that's the suck. I knew it was one of them. Um, and I just think that like, you know, when we look at, it gives really good like, really good really good information i guess for audiences and gamers to kind of sink their teeth into i preferred this actually i really liked this i really loved that but there's so much heavily weighing on sales now and i think covid has worsened that that they're gonna you know it just it's just a shame really because i don't think you know people did enjoy suicide squad whilst you enjoyed suicide squad i know josh did um you know did you, was it your game of the year no probably not but i think yeah i think it says more about the future of steering away from an, something that you're good at which is a shame because you know it, it allows for growth and it allows for development and it allows for i don't know like that this is a, this is a very skilled you know developer so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a shame uh, that, yeah, we might see a fairly bleak future for Rocksteady coming off this, but, you know. Absolutely. And for any any kind of company that makes or chooses to take a risk and it kind of flops a little bit. And yeah. I think that didn't feel like it was the case kind of 10 years ago. Oh, no, they were they were unstoppable 10 years ago. For sure. Absolutely. Anyway, and that's the thing. Like they were, but also I think like it didn't matter so much if they were a bit like, oh, our game flopped a bit. Never mind. We'll make another one and we'll do better. Now there's no doing better. You just won't do it again because half staff get laid off or this or that. And I really like I've said it for years now. Ultimately, the game industry is business, but it's become more businessy than ever. And there are more stakes to that business. That there's the losses are losses, and the wins are temporary, and that's a real sadness. Absolutely, yeah, it's such a shame. Uh, Yog, you think there'll be um, layoffs of Rocksteady coming soon? Uh, I think the tech industry and especially the gaming industry recently has been having a lot of layoffs in general. I'm not surprised after the reception of uh, of Kill the Justice League, really. It's not exactly what you'd call a great game, but it doesn't mean that I'm not sad for everyone who's been affected by the layoffs. I mean, it's it's really shit, and it's as hard a time as it's ever been to try and find another job out there at the minute. So uh, it's, it's one of those, isn't it? Um, we just wish that everyone who has been affected by the layoffs has the best chance of, of getting into another role ASAP. But unfortunately, and I do suspect for it, it's mostly because of the higher-ups, the way that 
um, Killer Justice League has turned out. I, I I expect there's been a lot of meddling from Warner Brothers. Um, but it just wasn't a very good game, and uh, that has it's going to cost Rocksteady quite heavily. I feel. Um, so I'm not sure what their next project is going to be. Um, obviously they're doing some post-launch support for the game, which is good, but I don't think it's going to be enough to revive it. And uh, hopefully the next project can get them back on track. I really hope so. I really hope so. It seemingly looks like we're all big fans of Rock City here. And um, yeah, we want to see them go back to what they do best. And I really hope that um, I really hope that that's the case. Um, I think the success of Helldivers 2 is, uh, like Sean said in the Slack, going to uh, enable a lot of sort of copy copy sort of games, games that are very similar to it. Um, I think doing, you know, jumping on the live, the live service thing is just a real kind of unfortunate thing that Rocksteady almost had to do. Um, but obviously we can see that that's not where they thrive. And uh, who knows, they may get lucky and get, you know, sold by... Warner Brothers and then to get bought up by PlayStation and get told to make either another live service game or a jaunty single player experience. Who knows? Uh, but we shall move on and talk about PlayStation because Sony is currently testing PSVR 2 compatibility with PC. Um, Tom Ivan, yet again over at VGC. Sony has confirmed that it's currently testing PSVR 2 compatibility with PC. The company aims to enable players to connect their PSVR 2 headsets to PCs later this year in order to access more games. Quote, we are pleased to share that we are currently testing the ability for PSVR 2 players to access additional games on PC to offer even more game variety in addition to the PSVR 2 titles available through PS5. We hope to make the support available in 2024, so stay tuned for more updates. Uh, looking around, only one of us, I believe, has a PSVR 2 headset. So, um, Josh, how do you feel about this news as an owner, as an investor in PSVR 2? Um are you excited to play Half Life Alex finally? <laughs> uh, I kind of have two mixed feelings about it. Um, like you said, and how, excuse me, Mr. Ginger, I do apologize. He's all over me. <laughs> um, yes, my cat is Mr. Ginger. So what? I didn't give him that name. Um, yeah, so PSVR2. Thank PSVR you for clarifying that was a cat. <laughs> um, Yes. Okay. So from the press release, what you said uh, is that PlayStation VR 2 owners are going to be able to play more games. Like that sounds great on the surface, but that is also kind of saying we are drowning with our PSVR 2 and we don't know how to help ourselves by making more games that are first party and a reason to get them in a field where we've now got the Meta Quest 3 and we've got the Apple Vision Pro. I mean, I class that as part of the sphere because it's, you know, the hot new headset, but it's not really a gaming set. Sure. Um, but when you're looking at things to get, you're looking at more than just the games, I'm guessing. It's more of an experience, experiential um, aspect to having a VR headset. Um, so for PSVR 2, it's not very affordable if you're looking at other places in other places as well. But, you know, if they're giving PC players the option to get it, PC players will go for um, PC players will go for uh, something cheaper, like uh, 
an Oculus Rift that's got an older model or something like that. So it kind of, this only sounds like good for people that already own a PSVR 2 and are sick of only being able to play it on PlayStation 5 where there isn't a great library there yet. Um, there are some hits for sure. And I think they're, you know, the, some of the first parties are a big reason why I got it. Kind of like Horizon, um, the Call of the Wild is a showstopper in terms of VR gameplay. I'd put it up there with Half-Life Alex. I know I've not played it, but in the pantheon of VR games, that those are the names that I think are going to carry a lot of weight. Um, but yeah, and, that, and that's kind of them trying to solve the issue is okay, well, if people haven't got enough games to play on PSVR 2, how do we expand that? Um, we've seen Sony play, we've seen Sony put out their first parties on Steam. Uh, so they're kind of trying to build a relationship for a, a wider audience that isn't another console. Uh, so maybe this is dipping their toe in for even further by maybe introducing some of their VR titles to Steam as well. Um, but yeah, it's it it's it's like um, they're trying to paint a pretty picture, but it's actually quite a ghastly result uh, for for anyone that owns a PlayStation VR two or has thought about it, um, because they're basically, without saying it, owning up that they've not done a good enough good enough job to support it up to this point um, with just over the year mark for PSVR 2 and I wouldn't say outside of the launch titles in terms of first party we've had anything that's been a massive hit um, we've got Synapse as well that came out later in the year and Horizon but outside of that like trying to think of a library that's just first party stuff i can't think of anything everything else you can get on a different system and a cheaper headset and on your play on on pcs so yeah i think i think maybe they're expecting uh or already early adopters of the system to be like uh thank you but i think it's more of a fuck you <laughs> which is a shame but there we go i never really looked at it that way but you're absolutely right you're absolutely right. It's Sony sort of holding their hands up, isn't it, and going, ah, uh, well, um, how about you plug it into a PC? There you go. Mm -hmm. Worth the money now, isn't it? <laughs> yep. uh, yeah. You can play all the games you want now. It's like, yeah, thanks, but I'm pretty sure you need a pretty decent enough rig to run it on with a headset. So <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> only yeah, do absolutely. You... Do you not only own a PS5 because you have to own one for a PSVR 2, you own the PSVR 2, which is over a grand's worth of uh, equipment, and then a good enough laptop for one or a PC? Close to another grand, isn't it? So <laughs> you've, yeah. you've dipped 2,000 pounds in it to play a good library of video games, essentially. Uh, you know, it's... I, I see where they're, where, they're, where they're trying to do... It, it is consumer friendly to at a point, but it is also uh, a, a, a small admittance to just a failure of the, of their launch. Yeah, um, but I would pay out for a PSVR two to connect to my PC if I could play that Taskmaster VR game. To be honest, can I um, come in with a potential point here? Sure, Yog Dog. What do you think about the situation? 
could it also be because Sony recently started uh, saying that they're going to start bringing more titles to PC? Like they're going to do simultaneous releases on PC and uh, on PS5. So they're branching out more into the PC sector, and this could be part of that particular uh, trend they want to go towards in future. Yeah, for sure. They they are kind of trying to expand who they deliver their their games towards. How Divers Two is uh, the biggest and most recent case in that point, where um, it's not a game that's been on PS Five exclusively for however months to a year or so, but it's it's day one along with PC, uh, and, and that is a massive step for Sony to actually do something like that because they've never never released multi-platform before um so yeah they're definitely trying to expand it but this is kind of what we were talking about last week as well with xbox and phil spencer and the opt to the the word of the day was growth um they're constantly trying to grow a market they're constantly trying to organically grow more players and what happens when there isn't enough well they start trying to do stuff like this um introducing them to more things and trying to be more open um and you know for us or for for people that don't really look into it too much they'll be like oh that's nice like more people can play with more things and do more things but really they just want bigger money they want more money and they want more people to be on their platforms uh you know, I mean, that's business, of course, uh, but I just don't know why they don't expect a plateau or a dip or whatever, because, like, I know COVID kind of was a bit of a boom for gaming, but, you know, we saw that it was a massive dip as soon as people started going back to work. And now, you know, I think it's leveled out a bit, but that's not good enough for anyone. So instead of this is... Oh, now I'm going into the whole can of webs. This is why the layoffs are happening. They've all, everyone's expanded their infrastructure when they have, when now we're not at a point where we are growing. And this is like the case result of it. But they're still trying to punch that ceiling, basically. Aren't they kind of forced into, uh, with the, the modern budgets was a, the big AAA titles? So you're talking literally hundreds of millions. Uh, to produce these games, they're kind of forced, are they not, into having to get as many sales as possible in order to pay for that. I mean, Spider Man is probably the most recent release that had a huge budget, so and it's still yeah, barely I think, paid itself back. I think it was like 350 million. Um, yes, and no, like obviously, they always want to make more money, but uh, to an extent, no one's asking them to spend that amount of money on a game, um, and trying to make the biggest, better, most more expensive game every time won't work, but they've also got so much more money. I think Sony as a company have got trillions of dollars. Uh, they're like one of the biggest, they've got one of the biggest market shares of all time. So they can spend that money. They just don't want to lose as much in a sense. Uh they're definitely a big company, but I don't. I think they pale in comparison to someone like Microsoft. Um, yes, I, I, I don't know. I, I definitely agree to some degree, but not fully. I, I feel like they are 
the modern audience ex- expects games to get better and better and have better visuals, better audio, better story, just bigger, better. And that all costs money. It's only getting more expensive. And when we look at the cost of games, they are certainly more expensive than they used to be. Um, but compared to like the 90s, when you actually look at the cost of games back in the 90s and so on, it's not actually that much more. And yet, the costs have ballooned so heavily. I feel like if people want these big blockbuster games, then we it's kind of expected that they're going to have to try and go multi-platform, I think, nowadays. I think just going onto one platform isn't going to be enough in future. They have to get as many sales as possible to pay for it. Like you said, $350 million, that's a hell of a lot of money. And that's for this game. They then need to make enough of a profit to actually pay for development of the next game in the series, uh, as well as any other sort of titles they want to branch out in, and hope that that doesn't fail either. So I I feel that it's a natural evolution of uh, what was going to happen in order to actually try and pay for all of these huge budgets and games. I also feel though that I agree with your what you said not long back that we didn't ask for budgets to be this high. I wouldn't mind worse visuals um, and other aspects of the game in order to keep costs to a more reasonable amount. But um, I'm not sure how many people would agree with me on that one. Like, I think most people here might, but if you go to the average game online on Reddit or Twitter or whatever, I'm not sure many would agree. Well, yeah, um, I think that's a topic for another day. We seem to be sliding off uh, topic a little bit, but we need to crack on because there's loads of news to get through. Um, so we'll uh, we'll shelve that, but it is a fascinating discussion. Um, and we'll, we'll obviously talk about it more the more we hear about these massive games and these big developers going under. But yeah, PSVR and 2 PC. All a good thing, but probably for a bad reason. Um, let's get to the Nintendo Direct Partner Showcase, where this week Nintendo showed off a bunch of new titles coming to Switch um, this year, including Microsoft titles, including a brand new um, Epic Mickey game, a World of Goo 2, Penny's Big Breakaway, which you can read a review of right now on figures.net, and there's that other game called um, Little Devil something. Um Cat, I imagine this uh, got you rather excited this week when Little Devil Inside just came back from the dead. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Toby gave me a bit of a shock when he was like, has Cat seen this? And I was like, thinking, hardy heart, Toby, you're so funny. <laughs> um, no, he was, it turns out he's being very serious. Um, Little Devil Inside did drop a six-minute trailer. Still no news on a release date. Holy moly, this game better be fucking phenomenal. Because um, it's been in the making for I don't know how long. I think it was actually nearly done like three years ago. Uh, so, <clears throat> yeah, it's exciting. I'm very, very excited. It looks like it's kind of like, I don't know, like obviously they've reintroduced themselves almost, haven't they? So that's very positive and I'll take it. Um, and I won't moan. So I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about 
well, not excited about Grounded for the Switch, but I'm excited about, you know, some of the other stuff that I've seen. Uh, Disney Mickey looks really cool. I feel like I had a demo of that somewhere. I played the demo like a long time ago, but like the old version, obviously. Um, Monkey mm. Ball, which I'm sure Sean is going to absolutely eat up. Um, I feel like My uh, Miles, Josh has been talking about another Crab's Treasure for like 50 years. Um, so that'll be cool. Can't wait to see that. Um, yeah, those are the ones that have kind of taken my fancy. Uh, but yeah, no, definitely really, really excited. That was a good Nintendo um, Switch mini showcase there. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, and bring on, bring on the summer of all showcases that we don't call E3 anymore. Yay, good times. Yay. <laughs> yeah, let the devil aside. Still no date, still no <clears throat> publisher, which is kind of scary. No, yikes. Uh, so... I'm sure, though, that this was like their open audition. <clears throat> oh, yeah. You know, it was like... Guys, and I'm sure here. they've probably got, yeah, and they've probably got, you know, they've probably got a publisher by now, especially with that going out and, you know, publishers going, hmm, hmm, you know, and, mm. and thinking that. So I have no doubt that they will get a publisher and the game will be released soon, hopefully. Phil Spencer's just swimming around it like a shark right now. <laughs> release that on PS5 and Switch in three years' time. Um, Miles, did you see anything at the showcase that got you excited for playing on Cat Switch? <laughs> Weirdly enough, that um, oh, that really weirdly titled one, like Project Unicorn, Unicorn Overlord, uh, something like that. Yeah, Unicorn, Unicorn Overlord, yeah. That, that's the one. Um, it's like a turn-based strategy game, so obviously I'm all over that shit. Um, and weirdly, I actually kind of strangely like the look of that like underwater like sea exploration game i'm trying oh, to remember what endless ocean that was the one yeah i was like i don't know why but it feels like a very just drop my mic um like a very kind of zen game that you just drop into and have a really nice time you can sort of just turn your brain off um and yeah just enjoy it and i was like huh i didn't expect to see something like that that i'd actually kind of like the look of uh but yeah you and unicorn overlord uh were the only two that particularly piqued my interest Endless Ocean is a game that I played at EGX in like 2016. Oh my god! And, has it been coming um, out for that long? Yeah, I mean it's been out for it's been out on PC and stuff for ages, but um, oh yeah, I remember sitting there and I got so lost in the ocean, and like I think Sean tapped me on the shoulder like, "Mate, you've been here for like 45 minutes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> can we go and do something else?" I was like, "Yeah, right." Did we both, did we both <laughs> need to get this and just enjoy traversing the sea together. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um. Yeah, I don't know a lot about another crab's treasure. Got to check that one out. Um, that does look really, really cool. Um, Josh, anything from the uh, showcase that caught your eye? Yeah, like Kat said, another crab's treasure. It's mm -hmm. a deep sea Dark Souls type game. Um, all about it. Uh, Agro Crab are the developers. They did going under. Um, so they've oh, okay. got a really good sense. Of, they've got a really good sense of humour on them and. I think it's going to continue through here. Uh, Pepper Grinder, Sean won't shut up about that one because uh, mm -hmm. it's kind of been in development for years and he's seen it for years. And he's like, don't sleep on this. Um, and I agree. I tend to agree with him. I think it's it looks awesome. Um, and something that's coming out a bit sooner is that Arranger, um, a role-puzzling adventure uh, where it, it's strange. It feels like a, like almost like a Rubik's Cube, like one surface of a Rubik's Cube where you move parts of platform in lines to get your protagonist through it. And it just has a really nice hand-drawn art style. Um, so I'm really excited for that. 
And I'm co-excited with my wife for Snufkin, Melody of Moomin Valley. Um, she's ecstatic about the release of that. And um, it's got music from Bon Iver. So that's got me sold on it too. Um, but yeah, that was kind of it. I think had this been a direct where we didn't know all this Xbox um, non-exclusive stuff, I think stuff like Grounded and... Um, what was the other one that they showed? Did they show off any others that were from uh, the Xbox? Pentiment. I think they, Pentiment. Uh, I think they cut Hi-Fi Rush. But if we had those in the showcase, things would have been a little bit more crazy. <laughs> like that, yeah. as that that being our first first taste of uh, Xbox games coming to other consoles, I think it would have really made this uh, direct pop. But other than that, just a great showcase. I think I read somewhere that Hi-Fi Rush is skipping Switch and going to the next one, going to Switch Two. Oh, interesting. Because the Switch doesn't have the uh, the might it needs to run Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you don't have to wait too long. comes out in about a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's I, I've read that on that was a rumor, but you never know. It might be mm. possible. Makes sounds, sense. Yeah. Um, Yog, anything from the showcase that you saw that you uh, are getting excited for? Is Unicorn I... Overload your kind of strategy, goodness? I haven't seen the showcase, sorry. So I have oh, no good lord. That's no, right. Uh, I've let the team down. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, yeah, Unicorn Overall looks like your kind of jam. I um, will take a look. As does, as does, what was the other one? What was the other one? Uh, South Park Snow Day, of course. South Park Snow Day, of course, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think Pepper Grinder is, is a, a your dog game as well. Uh, but talk to Sean about that because he's absolutely in love with that game. Well, definitely do so. Um, Epic also, Mickey rebrushed. Epic Mickey's coming back, man. How exciting is that? I love Epic Mickey. Yeah. And Star Wars Battlefront, the classic collection. Ah, uh, yes. Also uh, multi-platform. Multi oh, 20... dear God, I can't wait for that. 24 quid on um, PSN. Thank you very much. Yeah, we'll be doing it. It's overpriced. Don't care. We'll be buying it. <laughs> <laughs> Help me. <laughs> Oh man, we're too busy just spreading liberty. We can't, we can't spread it across the empire as well. Well, now we can liberate two galaxies at the same time. Oh my god! <laughs> help me! I need help. <laughs> There's just too much liberty to go around. Do you need help, or do you need help? Like, do we need to call someone, or are you okay? Oh, at this point, who knows? Who knows, Roscoe? I just need to spread liberty and freedom across all the galaxies. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we did talk with them very, very briefly about um, the Xbox games coming to Switch. Um, it looks like so far it's Grounded and Pentiment, but the main four have been confirmed. And the first four, I should say, um, because Microsoft were very smart in saying the first four, but we're not telling you what the others are yet. We're going to see how this does first. And those four games are Grounded, Pentiment, Hi-Fi Rush, and Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves is coming April 30th to PS5, which is going to be a lot of fun. Miles, come on, man. we got to get shipped together and tear the wars apart. You do realise I will be one of those people who will be having a great time, and out of nowhere, I'll just be like, oh, I wonder what will happen if I fire my own cannon into our ship, and I will sink it, but it'll be well, part of the fun. What we've got to do is hide the fact that we're PlayStation players, because I think Xbox players are going to be on the hunt. Or <laughs> <laughs> gun us down. Yeah, almost immediately. <laughs> we're gonna have to fly a different flag to pretend like be all green indeed um hi-fi rush of course is a brilliant game uh currently available on game pass that's coming to ps5 uh, i believe in april as well 
Um, Pentiment is available now on Switch and PS5. And Grounded, as you saw in the showcase, is coming to Switch soon. Um, still not playing that game. Still scared of the giant spiders. So, no, not playing that one. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, let's see. He wasn't spoken about Miles. What do you make of the first four? Do you think it's, it makes sense that these four to come out first? Yeah, I think uh, Phil Spencer kind of uh, summed it up pretty well when he just said they're going to be smaller titles, ones that otherwise aren't going to get as much of a marketing uh, sales point that they'd like um, or aren't going to get as much love as they should get. Um, and I feel like Sea of Thieves, Grounded, they're just the kind of games that you can throw onto other platforms and they will find a bit of a player base and then they can, I don't know if there's microtransactions, I think there is in Sea of Thieves in there. Um, so yes. they can monetize it to a degree. Um, I think stuff like, I've talked about Hi-Fi Rush before, I really loved what I played, but I wanted it to be on PlayStation so I could get trophies for it, and now it will be. So, you know, I think the ones that they've chosen are a very good, small um, selection, and it will just expand the amount of money that they can make and bring in uh, as a revenue stream. And like we said last time, we just want to keep the main ones on Xbox. I think it's nice to have the icons kind of kept safe um while still expanding out the smaller titles which more people just get to enjoy i'm a big fan of make good games available to as many people as possible especially if they're not massive triple a they get marketed to the ends of the earth um and hi-fi rush is the perfect example i think sea of thieves will be too i want to play halo with you on playstation i know i kind of do but i'd feel so weird like it would just feel kind of strange it'd be like my childhood's like burning up inside <laughs> Oh man! Like all, all those you... console wars would have been for nothing. Oh god, you weren't there when Sonic went on the Switch for the first time, were you? No, I oh, was the Wii. not. The Wii, when Mario and Sonic and the Olympic Games came out. Oh my did god! It, did it break your brain? <laughs> I it broke my heart, is what it did. <laughs> oh, no. See, I don't want that. I don't want it. I wasn't even an Xbox stand, but I remember playing Halo Three at my friends' houses, and um, like it just used to be a thing of like I go to my friend's house who had a 360, and I mm. begrudgingly play it, but I'd also fucking love every second of it um so yeah, yeah i feel like it would destroy all the console wars banter that i had as a kid i was a sega kid and the official nintendo magazine when it was announced they had a great big picture of sonic on their front cover and i was like no this is not right don't do this <laughs> and uh, yeah i'm getting those feelings back again um yeah i think the master collection is a bit of an ask but i would absolutely love it but anyway uh yeah who knows um, Kat, are you going to jump into any of these on PlayStation? Uh, yeah, I might I might give Sea of Thieves a pop. Uh, everyone talks about it. My brother is absolutely obsessed. I know you've had a great time with it. Mm. So yeah, I'll probably get that. I mean, I might, I might, I might check out Grounded just because um, I've seen a lot about it when it was like really big that one time, but I think it's one of those things that I'll probably pick up and put down straight away. Um, but yeah, yeah, excited for Sea of Thieves. Sweet. See if Thieves. I can't believe it's coming to PlayStation. It's fucking wild. Um, Yog, what do you make of this uh, this move as a PC player? <laughs> Someone <laughs> kind of impartial on the outside watching this going. Uh, I think it's good. And I wouldn't mind seeing the other way around as well. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that's ever going to happen anytime soon. But, it's about as likely know. as George actually winning a quiz. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's it's only it can only really be a good thing. I'd argue it it's gonna be good for Microsoft. It opens an entire new revenue stream. Um, it's good for players because they have more choice. Well, PlayStation players anyway. 
Um, so personally, I'm pretty happy to see it. Uh, I can't really see... I, I know there's a lot of fanboyism with consoles, and honestly, the same with PC, to be honest. But, you know, mm. I, I try and avoid all of that. Um, I think if you asked me 10 years ago, I would have been very different in what I would have thought, but uh, I think I've matured a bit since then. So, yeah, it's it's good and i hope that it's successful and it means that other games will also make the jump in future uh both more microsoft games on the sony platform and what some sony games starting to go onto microsoft's platform well their, their consoles so we'll have mm. to have to see what the future brings but a uh, good first step i think i i really think playstation aren't going to play ball with this I really think that they had to be like forced into crossplay, didn't they? So <laughs> them getting them going, oh yeah, here, here you go, you can have Horizon on Xbox. I don't know. I don't know. We'll I, can't, see. I, I can't Crazy see it happening. Happen, we'll I can't see it happening for a long time. But if this turns out to be particularly successful for Microsoft, you never know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, very interesting times indeed. Um and of course Xbox announced their next console in this uh, podcast they did. But we'll talk about that another day. Um, there's really nothing to talk about. Only they were like, yep, we're still making consoles and the next one's going to be even more powerful. You know, great. Nice one, Xbox. Um, all right, then. Let's fight, let's wrap this up with, uh, very quickly, um, a talk of the Elden Ring DLC Shadow of the Urge Tree is available to pre-order ahead of its launch this summer. Um, there was a big old reveal this week about Elden Ring Shadow of the Urge Tree. Um, I guess uh, Miles, Elden Ring. Oh, it's back! It's back again. Oh boy, I can't wait for all of the uh, social media domination this game's going to have all over again. Um, yeah, there's there's quite a lot within the trailer, way more than I managed to take all in. Uh, if you follow any of the YouTubers like uh, Barty Badia, is it Barty Badia? I feel like that's how you say his name. Um, he's already done like a massive 50 minute breakdown of everything that is shown in that trailer that you wouldn't otherwise recognize. Um, it's going to be a whole separate expansion. The idea is that you'll be able to move. It's an entirely new maps. So you'll be able to switch between the two maps pretty much at any time. Um, and I don't think you need to get to a certain point, but that may be potentially different. You might have to be a certain boss, boss called Moog um, because the story is going to follow Mikola, which is quite a big figure within the background lore. It's who Melania uh, fought for and protected. And it's going to be a whole another story surrounding some of the background, particularly around um, Radagon and Mekala, I want to say. I feel like that's right, but I might my memory might not be serving me well. Um, so it's going to give us a lot more insight into more of the goings on of the lands between, although it's now the land of shadow. Um, and yeah, there's going to be more combat, more bosses, more good stuff. It's I think it's being priced at £35, isn't it? Which is quite substantial, but yes. I feel like this isn't going to be your typical run-of-the-mill DLC. This is going to be, I think I read somewhere, the map is going to be the size of Limgrave, and Limgrave is the opening area that you start in, um, and it's also pretty substantial, pretty massive. Um, so there's going to be plenty of content in here. They're going to be adding a lot more to it, and I think for the story buffs, um who are really interested in all the law there's gonna be a lot to dive into so yeah i'll be definitely getting this i'm super excited for it um and i'm looking forward to jumping back into elden ring and crying and throwing my controllers at the wall again <laughs> i can't wait for you to play this it's gonna be so yeah, good so <laughs> um josh you're an elden ring player aren't you 
I am indeed. Indeed. What did you make of the uh, new uh, new content? Yeah, I'm exactly the same as Miles. Um, I will add that apparently from Software said that this is their biggest DLC yet for any of the games that they've uh, done post-launch content for. Uh, and everyone that I've played so far is pretty sizable. So this sounds like it's quite an impressive DLC and it kind of warrants the, the price point. It's almost like half of a full game, essentially. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, I'm surprised they're not releasing it on the same day of another big game because usually they have been. <laughs> um, it's coming June 21st on PS5, PS4, Xbox One, Xbox Series, and PC via Steam. So, yeah, ready to dust off that copy of Elden Ring, friends. It's coming back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the final bit of news. And that is it for the podcast because we just haven't got enough time to give anything else. There was a lot of news this week. And of course, you know, if you want to get through it, make sure that you know everything you need to know going into this week. Next week, there's every chance we might be talking about a Final Fantasy game. I can't remember if that's coming out. Um, something like that. Final Fantasy something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, we'll talk about that a lot. And next week, hopefully, if all works out, we're going to be talking to um, the head of Neon Hive, um, Karina Abbott, about their brand new publishing sector, which we're very excited to hear about. Um, so all being well, that will be included on the pod next week. So um, do look out for that as well. But of course... Thank you very much indeed for listening to the Finger Guns podcast. Oh my God, I can't remember the thing. What the hell? Cat's completely gone out of my head. No, let me talk in memory. And that's us. That's everything for us at Finger Guns. That's it. There you go. <laughs> if you want to follow, you us, follow us, absolutely everywhere. Nice. Just go to the link tree <laughs> below to find us in all the places. If you want to follow us on twitter you can at fngrgns all of our handles are in the description below it's apart from miles of course he's smart and not on twitter if you really like what we do want to follow our patreon for one dollar a month you can keep the podcast live on its various podcast hosting services and keep the website nice and shiny and of course if you are a itunes apple podcast or spotify user please do give the podcast a nice review if you like it, give it five stars. If you don't like it, give it five stars. What does it matter to you? It matters a hell of a lot to us. That'd be really, really nice. It keeps the podcast in the search engines and keeps us front and center on their discoverability. And that'd be amazing because we just want to make this podcast grow and grow and grow. But that is it from us this week, ladies and gentlemen. So it is goodbye from Josh, Tom uh, Josh Thompson. Yeah, that's his name. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> it's goodbye from Miles Thompson. Farewell. It's goodbye from Kat. See you later. And it's goodbye from Yog. Officer Time Penny. God damn it. My God, he's some editing. Uh. <laughs> anyway, my name's Ross. We'll see you next time. Thank you, guys.